Hello and welcome to Learning What the Customer Wants, episode 43 of the American Coin-Op podcast. I'm your host, editor Bruce Beggs. You have to be willing to put in the effort needed to know what type of people your laundry's customers are and why they visit your store instead of others nearby. Kristen Von Ostern is co-owner of Wash Street, which just celebrated its fifth anniversary in April. She and partner Laura Simos purchased an existing laundromat in Manchester, New Hampshire, that has evolved into a laundry services company offering self-service, wash and fold, and dry cleaning, plus pickup and delivery. Hi, Kristen. Thank you for being my guest on the American Coin Out podcast. Hi, Bruce. Thanks so much for having me. So how did Wash Street come about and why have you chosen to offer the services you do? So Wash Street started uh, five years ago, more like six years ago, actually, at the at the idea phase when my kids were three and six years old. And my husband and I were both working full time jobs at the time. And we were in that place that a lot of parents find themselves in, which is we just can't get it all done. We we every day found ourselves exhausted and our to do lists were not even half done. And those were work to do lists and those were home to do lists. And so I took a deep breath and did what I like to do when I face a challenge, which is create a spreadsheet of everything that was taking up my time. And when I did that and looked at the home tasks, especially laundry was the one thing that I had to deal with almost every day, as most Americans, most humans have to do. I called a local laundromat that had a sign up. I uh, went down to where my husband lived in Manchester, actually the laundromat we ended up purchasing. And I tried outsourcing it and the quality wasn't good and it wasn't reliable. And so Wash Street was born. Okay. When you first developed or when you were first developing your business model and, and then once you opened, how did you connect with customers one-on-one through social media, through review sites? How did you do that? Sure. So when we very first started, we really connected with the customers that were at our existing laundromat and wanted to get to know the people who were coming in every day. And at the time we had one employee, but Laura and I were working all the shifts along with this one other employee. And so we really got to know our existing customer base, which was really important and had to understand from them what kinds of changes they wanted to see. And so that's really where we started. Um, Then we started going out into the neighborhood. We did some flyering, talked to folks who um, were neighbors but weren't yet using the laundromat and really tried to understand what, what do we need to do to get you in the door. Over time, as we grew the different services, uh, we realized they were different customers. And especially when we started working uh, with more online services where folks would place orders, that's when we really started communicating in a different way with our customers through email, social media, paid advertising, et cetera. What did you learn about your customers once at that time? What were they looking for? So they really wanted the laundromat cleaned up. It needed to be rehabbed. It didn't have, um, well, it had a bathroom first, but it was not a bathroom that you or I would want to use. Some pretty basic uh, changes that the customers wanted to see. They wanted to have, you know, not surprisingly, a clean facility to bring their clothes into that they were going to clean. Okay. Um, that that was first. And then, and then the hours were the next thing. The previous owner was not open on Sundays and uh, was not open after, I believe, maybe five or six o'clock at night. Those were the two big changes that folks told us 
Got it. Got it. Now, you had mentioned in the early beginning, you had one staff member and that was the previous owner, but talk about your staffing there at Wash Street. Today, we have uh, eight full-time employees and one part-time employee. Um, And to gear up for the summer rush, we hired five more people. And ideally, I would bring in probably two to three more people. They operate as everything from attendance to help point up customers. A lot of them are really focused on wash and fold, um, and, and some of them are drivers. Okay. Do you train your staff to connect with customers? And if so, what's the approach there? Yes, we do. So all of our employees are trained first in a basic online customer service training. Some of them have worked in the retail industry before fast food, but we wanted everyone to have a baseline knowledge of what we expect from a customer service perspective. Number two is that I screen for it when I'm interviewing people. I'm very clear that this is a customer facing position. If you're If that makes you anxious or nervous or that's not something you're interested in, this is not going to be the right place for you. And then third, every week in our um, team meetings, we talk about customer issues. We talk about customer wins. And we also role play sometimes difficult um, situations that they might find themselves in. That's relatively recent. I would say in the last year, we implemented all of those different kinds of trainings and conversations and touch points for our employees around customer service and customer interaction. How does offering, you've mentioned, uh, you know, you're offering self-service, wash and fold, dry cleaning. How does offering multiple service options influence your customer relations? Does the service variety require you to communicate with them in different ways or, or different methods? Very different. And I think that the biggest difference for us is the walking customer, how we communicate with the walking customer and that's for both coin-op and our walk-in, wash and fold and dry cleaning customers. And then how we communicate with our customers who never will step foot in our facility, who will literally never have an opportunity to interact with a human other than a Wash Street employee, other than maybe a driver. So we communicate with those two audiences in very different ways. With the folks who never step foot in our facility, it's all online, email, social media, paid advertising. Um, we do a lot of survey After a certain number of orders, we ask them how their experience was. Our walk-in customers, we our employees have a more of an opportunity to be a touch point for them, you know, physically face-to-face. We can do signage. We still collect their information from an email perspective, but it is a very different way of communicating with customers and getting to know your customers. In the years since you opened, have you made any uh, operational changes? based on input received from customers. I know you, you just mentioned uh, the, the restaurant facility was something that they wanted to see enhanced or improved upon. Have you made any other operational changes based on uh, customers, you know, uh, bending your ear about it? Yes. Yeah, so one big one, actually, which I, I, I really missed the mark on this at the beginning. So I thought that we could offer a wash and iron service (laughs) at the beginning. So, and this was primarily at people who didn't necessarily need, you know, a a full press. Um, This was for maybe blouses and pants. So we offered for a while a wash and iron service and um, the feedback was quite poor. We did not do a very good job at that. And we since have realized that that's not an effective service for us. And so we no longer offer that in our store. How have you refined your customer relations efforts uh, specific to information gathering over the years? 
do you feel like you're better at it now uh, and it's more it comes to you more comes to your business more easily or is it something that you're still you know trying to figure out how to do it we have definitely improved in part because the point of sale system that we use integrated a a touch point with customers where after a certain number of orders we reach out to a customer and say how was this order how did this go so that has really helped to scale that kind of feedback but I don't, I still don't think that we're doing everything that we can do. And and that's because our number of customers has grown so much. So, you know, it used to be on every email we sent out, we said, please respond to this email and let us know if you have any concerns. We say that on, you know, we, we just did a video series on it on our social media. I think you have to come, you always have to come up with new tactics as your base grows because you're not going to see them all in person. Your driver may not even see them all. And you, you have to figure out new techniques as your number of customers scale. So I think we have done a good job changing as our business has changed, but I still think we have more improvements to make. Generally, do you think customers are willing to share with you, you know, what their wants are or, or what their desires are? Or is that something that you kind of have to work at in terms of building a relationship first, and then they're willing to share that kind of information. I really believe that we have to build a relationship with our customers before we're willing, before they're willing to give us feedback. I think there are some people that that's not true for. Some people are very willing to give feedback to people they don't know, often not kind. And it's just as rare, I think, to get unsolicited positive feedback. One of the things that that we've tried to impress upon our employees is that every piece of feedback we get from a customer is a part of a relationship that we want to build on. And so, you know, um, if somebody says they weren't happy with an order, let's dig into why and could it be that they're asking for the wrong service or we've provided them with a, a service that's different than the one that they really wanted. You definitely hit the nail on the head. It's It's not automatic for either our customers or our employees to both give and receive feedback. As we close today, do you think it's possible to fully learn what the customer wants? So at a point in time, yes. If you have a relationship with a customer or they're very forthright, I do think you can learn exactly what they want. But I also believe that what they want changes over time. And so it can be very difficult. Or if you're not constantly thinking about how to re-solicit that feedback, then you're probably not getting the full story all of the time. You may have gotten it at one point in time, but what they need might change or what you're providing might change. And so I think that it's a very constant process that you have to go through. And the important thing is, is that you have to keep asking, don't you think? Oh my goodness, you absolutely have to keep, you have to keep asking. And right now I don't feel like we're getting enough bad feedback given how much we've grown. And so I, that's why I'm saying I, I feel like we need to figure out better ways to improve, because, more ways to improve that communication, because I, I, I want to make sure there aren't people lurking out there who are, you know, a little unhappy that, and, and we can find ways to improve the service for them. Kristen Van Ostern is co-owner of Wash Street, a laundry services company based in Manchester, New Hampshire. Thank you for being my guest today on the American Corn Podcast. Thank you so much, Bruce. It was great to be with you. The American Coin Op Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazine's LLC in Chicago. Music is written by Nazar Ryback and provided by Hook Sounds. 
Our podcasts are available free at our website, AmericanCoinOp.com, and you can consult The Wire, our weekly e-newsletter, to learn about future episodes. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay informed about the podcasts, along with news and information from around the industry. For the American Coin Op Podcast, this is Bruce Beggs saying your cycle is up.